Because I think what happened here is that there's something that left Fox legally vulnerable, or at least something that was going to do material harm to the network. Welcome to the Powers That Be Daily, Puck's podcast focused on the intersection of Wall Street, Washington, Silicon Valley, and Hollywood, and the players who run it all. I'm Peter Hamby. It's Tuesday, April 25th. Today, Dylan Byers is here to talk about the Monday massacre that unfolded in the land of cable news. Tucker Carlson was forced out of Fox News where he was unquestionably the network's biggest star. And at CNN, Don Lemon was booted from the network after sparking a series of embarrassing controversies. How did these twin dramas unfold behind the scenes? Dylan broke the Tucker Carlson story and he's here with me today with the inside scoop. We'll discuss all that and more on today's episode of The Powers That Be. Quick math. The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep. But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. So to reduce costs and headaches, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform and one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required, accessed from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. You improve efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math. See how you profit with NetSuite. By popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Head to netsuite.com slash powers that be, netsuite.com slash powers that be. That's netsuite.com slash powers that be. Happy Tuesday, everybody. You know, we thought yesterday on Media Monday that it was a busy, busy day in media. Jeff Shell, BuzzFeed, etc. Then we woke up on Tuesday morning to a avalanche of push alerts <laughs> about cable news talent. Tucker Carlson was essentially forced out of Fox News. Don Lemon forced out at CNN. Obviously, we're joined today by Dylan Byers to go through all of this. This is basically Dylan's Super Bowl. Dylan, how are you, man? Getting any sleep? I, I'm doing well. I, I do not anticipate much sleep. <laughs> So both of these stories aren't just about talent. They really say a lot about where these networks are at right now, where their leadership is at right now. I want to get to Don and CNN in a minute. But first, Fox. Why was Tucker Carlson forced out? Stephen Battaglio at the LA Times reported that this came straight from Rupert. Um, there's a bunch of different reporting out there. Was it related to the Dominion lawsuit? Was it related to a pair of lawsuits about Tucker fostering a toxic work environment? What's the reason here? He was in the middle of a contract negotiation. There's a little all of the above. Here's what we know so far. The legal battle with Dominion unearthed a lot of discovery, uh, which included a lot of Tucker Carlson's text messages and emails. Uh, and there's a lot in there that obviously doesn't reflect well on him, whether it's derogatory remarks he's made about colleagues or, uh, you know, using the C word when describing Sidney Powell, 
Um, but for whatever there is in the portions of the discovery that we were able to see, there is quite a bit more in the part that we are not able to see. And my understanding is that somewhere in there, uh, there was enough for the Murdochs to terminate Tucker Carlson and to get rid of him. And so I think there is a misconception among some that he is like a sacrificial lamb for everything that happened with Dominion and everything we already know about, or that somehow Fox News didn't want to tolerate him because of uh, you know, his willingness to sort of traffic in conspiracy theories. That is not the case. I think what happened here is that there's something that left Fox legally vulnerable, or at least um, something that was was going to do uh, material harm to the network. I think there are other lawsuits forthcoming. There's the, uh, from Abby Grossberg, the producer who's complained that Tucker Carlson had a sort of, the, his staff and, and the environment there on his show was toxic. Some, somewhere in there is the answer to this question. And the Murdochs and Suzanne Scott, the CEO of Fox News, effectively came to the conclusion late last Friday that they were going to do this. They obviously held it over the weekend uh, and then set it in motion on Monday, which is when Tucker himself learned about it. Yeah, I'm, I think all of that makes so much more sense than the idea that Fox News woke up one day and said, we're going to turn the volume down on the culture wars. <laughs> we're going to be a little more sober minded and serious. I mean, something this sudden and jarring doesn't usually doesn't happen without some sort of piece of evidence or discovery or lawsuit. Very different case. But I remember, you know, when Jeff Zucker was forced out of CNN by Jason Kylar, at least the public reason was something came up in the investigation and that was the trigger. Um, you know, yeah. that's a, that's a whole nother story. But the idea that that Tucker was forced out because he was you know, problematic or trafficking cons conspiracy theories. I mean, he's been there since before 2017. He's had the APM slot since 2017. They haven't really cared about that before. He's drawing like 3 million viewers a night, the biggest talent on the network and in cable news. But look, if you're Rupert right. Murdoch, you've lived through the power of Bill O'Reilly. You've lived through the power of Glenn Beck. Like these people were theoretically larger than Fox News until they weren't. You know, and so mm -hmm. there are going to be uh, a bunch of names floated out there who can slot right in where Tucker was and pick up where he left off. I mean, I, my theory of the case is Je Jesse Waters just neatly slides right in there. <laughs> no, I think Jesse Waters is a fair assumption. Uh, you, your point here is right, which is that there is this sense of when, when the Bill O'Reilly leaves or the Glenn Beck leaves that it's like, oh God, you know, it, Fox is facing an existential crisis and they have shown time and again that, that they as an institution are indeed bigger and that they can move people into these, in, into stardom quite quickly and pretty easily. And, you know, Tucker Carlson, I mean, my God, think of all the iterations that that man has lived through, his CNN iteration, his MSNBC iteration. He's been in this chair for, for six years, and it's not as though Fox News cannot live without him. I mean, there are many days in, on which the five rates higher than Tucker Carlson. So you take Jesse Waters, a co-host of the five, and get him in there, and that might work. I would say one thing that is 
potentially different this time around is we are already living at a moment when, as evidenced during the 2020 election, Fox News is feeling the need to fight for viewers who it fears might move further to the right or further into the land of conspiratorial thinking. And there are new networks that want to give that, that want to feed that to that audience. And so if, you know, whatever, if uh, Sean Spicer goes somewhere and, and hosts a show, like nobody cares. And indeed, you know, a, a Bill O'Reilly can start up a podcast and nobody cares. But given the momentum that Tucker Carlson has politically in the Trump era, it does become a threat if he takes up shop at another network. That all of a sudden becomes something serious that people will pay attention to. I don't have, I don't know yet. I know that every other OAN Newsmax News Nation is rolling out the carpet for him, but um, I don't yet know what Tucker Carlson's next act looks like. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I sort of had the opposite read from the Fox fears in 2020 that people were going to flee to OANN or Newsmax. I, I think they were actually a little short-sighted in that. I mean, Fox just feels so much more powerful than one person. Certainly. And Glenn Beck, I mean, gosh, it's hard It's hard to remember. I mean, for people listening, like if you lived through the first two years of the Obama administration, Glenn Beck was a supernova power. People yeah. in media, people in the Obama White House, people on the Hill in that rising Tea Party era would watch Glenn Beck every single day. He was so influential that he had a rally <laughs> on the mall in front of the Lincoln Memorial in 2010. Like that's how powerful he was. And then, you know, fast forward a few years, he left Fox. He was too controversial. Um, he started the blaze. I mean, he makes good money doing that. He's still influential doing that. And Tucker Carlson remember started daily caller back in the day. Like he could start a media company and be very successful and happy. I'd be curious too, if he decides to maybe get involved in politics or at least rabble rouse around the 2024 presidential race, he's been pretty adamant about saying no to running for president, even though he would probably garner some some percentage of support in a Republican primary. But it'll be interesting to see what his first remarks are after this. I mean, honestly, like if this did come from Murdoch, I mean, that is a succession style power play uh, that I can't wait to hear more about. Well, it definitely came from the Murdochs collectively, right? I, I, I do think Look, Rupert is 92 now, and I don't think you make a decision like this, at least without his blessing. But yeah, like needless to say, it, it's, it's Lachlan and Rupert who are calling the shots here. And I, what I would say for Tucker right now is, to, to your point about Glenn Beck and Bill O'Reilly, uh, strike while the iron's hot. Because if, if you're going to do something, you would think you would want to move fast rather than sort of like give this time for you to sort of drift away and people to just sort of move on to, to Jesse Waters or whoever occupies that chair. That's right. That's right. Uh, Dylan, I'll take a quick break. When we come back, I want to ask you, what happened to Don Lemon? I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. 
Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Welcome back to the powers that be, everyone. Dylan, Don Lemon has sparked uh, an array of <laughs> negative headlines for CNN uh, since being slotted into the morning show alongside Caitlin Collins and Poppy Harlow. Most of those headlines are about um, his history of misogynistic comments, his openly sexist remark about Nikki Haley being, quote, Pastor Prime, his feuding with his co-hosts, his talking over co-hosts. That led to a pretty devastating variety piece a few months ago. People should read it. Had Soledad O'Brien and Kira Phillips fingerprints all over it, basically saying that Don, going back to like 2007, 2008, had been difficult to work with. What was the last straw here? Why was why why did this happen? I mean, he was obviously suspended from the morning show briefly. He came back. He did sensitivity training. But, you know, what was so bad that he went out onto Twitter and posted this news before CNN could put their own spin on it? Well, look, another way of thinking about this is not necessarily the last straw, although there may have been one. I, I don't know. And if, if, if there was, no one's told me that yet. I think it's rather looking at a line that was trending downward and inevitably arrived at its conclusion at, at a time. There's no good time for this from CNN's perspective. But look, you've got before the new administration takes over CNN, the Chris Licht, David Zaslav administration, love him or hate him, Don Lemon is one of the most popular known quantities on CNN. And to the degree that you could call anything on CNN stardom, he is a primetime star. He was never part of the David Zaslav, Chris Licht vision for what CNN would be in their new responsible, centrist, uh, you know, offend no one. The plan was to get him out of primetime. That is something that Zaz wanted since before he took over the network. So... You get him in there, and in retrospect, the smartest thing to have done would probably have been to get rid of him sooner. Instead, Chris Licht sort of, I think, recognizing that he doesn't have that many stars on the bench and wants to put his signature on the network with a new morning show, kind of thinks, huh, maybe I can make everybody happy here by giving Don the mornings and getting him out of prime time, and then we don't have to go through you know, looking like, like all the questions about why we fired this guy, maybe we can give him a sort of next act and, and make the bosses at the parent company happy and this will all, and, and, and everything will work out. The problem is, is that that decision was terribly misguided. Don Lemon is not a morning person. He is not a person who likes to share the anchor desk with, with others, especially other people who aren't as experienced as him. Obviously, Caitlin Collins came into that position with no experience. And I think he quickly got very frustrated and restless with the situation that he found himself in and time and again, being someone who likes speaking out, likes being known for their sort of fiery opinions, spoke out a lot and repeatedly stepped in it. And he stepped in it with the Nikki Haley remarks. He stepped in it with the on-air tensions that he had with Caitlin. And I think that this essentially arrived at a point where he was 
he got down so deep he couldn't get back out of it. As for the timing, why why now? Maybe there was one instance where, you know, Chris or David thought, oh, okay, this, this is too much. We have to get rid of him. I think what's as likely is that they wanted to get Charles Barkley and Gail King, like, get that announcement out. At least have something new and exciting to point to that was coming down the pipeline. And that this then would be a, as convenient a time as any to get rid of Don Lemon. And like I said, there's no good time to do it, but the, the Gail Ch- Charles thing drops on a Saturday, this drops on a Monday, and there you go. But I, I, I guess what I would say is for all of Don's faults and all of his self-inflicted wounds, I put this down as another management failure on the part of Chris Licht because he should have never moved on Lemon to, to mornings in the first place. I just have to push back on you a little bit, man. Like, sure. That's Don's decision. That's Don's agent's decision. Like Don, if he wanted to be part of the quote unquote new regime, needs to get on board with it. If he wants to succeed and get this big payday from linear cable that's not being watched by very many people anymore, (laughs) like get on the train, man, ride it until it dies. But holy shit, like all of the bad news you've been hearing about CNN over the last six months. What jumps out to normies? It's Don Lemon shit. Oh, sure. That's not management failure. No, I. but you're bringing up a very fair point. But here's my larger point. As I said, Don's wounds were self-inflicted. And if you are going to agree to the move, then you should find a way to make it work. You shouldn't be so down on it that you create problems and create headaches for the network. I fully subscribe to that. At the same time, we are now, as of this coming weekend exactly one year into Chris Lick's tenure. And the the shit show that CNN has become is based in large part on these decisions that he is making. And so it is not to say that because the stupid things that Don Lemon says are Chris Lick's fault, but the stupid thing, just like trying Jake Tapper out in primetime, why is this your solution? And I think a lot of people I talk to who are veterans of the television industry, I'm not talking about people who used to work at CNN, I'm talking about people who follow this closely, saw the Don Lemon news, and back when I was like, oh, uh-huh, sure, this, I, I could see how this makes sense, right? We've got three capable hosts who, and maybe this will be, maybe this will be exciting. It won't compete with Today's Show or Good Morning America, let alone Morning Joe, but maybe it's a, you know, breath of fresh air. There were so many people who said, this is going to be a disaster, because Don is a great primetime host, Caitlin is a great correspondent, they are not supposed to be sitting at an anchor desk together. And so, no, it is not management's fault that Don Lemon said dumb things. Nevertheless, this problem could have been avoided, and we are now a year into his tenure with nothing but bad ratings, failed show starts, and controversies. And I think in retrospect, Chris probably wishes he had just avoided this whole morning Don Lemon warning fiasco to begin with. One more thing before I let you go. There's a, there's another interesting thread to this story, which is, you know, I think both of us heard this. Several people have reported it that Lemon hired former CNN PR guru Allison Gallist, who is Jeff Zucker's mm-hmm. girlfriend, to advise him through this split. And, you know, when I talk to people inside the CNN building, it's pretty well whispered that Jeff is still. He's, he was known for this, by the way, back back when I was there. Like, he'll send you a nice text, a nice email, check in with, quote unquote, his people. You know, it just feels like 
Jeff is still involved in this somehow and like stirring the pot and this connection via Allison to Don here. And Don was a guy who was promoted and relentlessly by Zucker and the network um, when Jeff was there. One of many people who, you know, you could say became big, big stars in the Zucker era at CNN. Mm-hmm. I mean, how much how much is Jeff involved in sort of throwing darts here from a distance? Oh, I don't know. I mean, I think that, look, I think that friendships probably outlast contracts. Yeah. <laughs> so I think in that, I think in that regard, uh, look, there's a certain circle of, of New York people. And I think that Jeff and Don know each other well and probably run in the same circles. And that Allison Gallist is a part of that circle. So I wasn't terribly surprised. I mean, any more than like, <laughs> somehow every time someone gets in trouble most recently, Jeff Shell. Like you'll notice, they're represented by Risa Heller, right? <laughs> yeah. But Risa Heller is also represented Puck. Okay. Every time someone gets in trouble, their their legal counsel, more often than not, is Brian Friedman. Okay. Brian Friedman is providing legal counsel for both Tucker Carlson and Don Lemon, right? So I guess what I would say is it's a really small world, and it doesn't surprise me that Don Lemon, who was close to Jeff Zucker and Allison Gallist is going to them for help in this, in this moment. I don't, I don't necessarily think that's evidence of like Jeff Zucker doing any, like, like pulling strings behind the scenes. I do think it's evidence that Chris Licht inherited a network that was heavily populated with Zucker loyalists and in some cases Zucker friends. And so Look, it is, I think, an interesting subplot here that you have the former chief of communications at CNN and Allison Gallist now basically going to war with the current CNN communications people, some of whom used to work for her, right? But this is, I, I think, ultimately, at the, at the view from 30,000 feet, this is kind of the story we are trying to tell at Puck, right? All of these people are in bed together, and you go to... The, the the media the media world is an incredibly small world. I found myself today standing outside of Thirty Rock, waiting to meet someone to talk about the Jeff Shell news, and then broke the Tucker Carlson news and found my feet just taking carrying me across the street to Fox News headquarters. Right, this is a very small world, and inevitably there is going to be tons of of overlap here, and I don't think anybody who has lived in the in the television news game stops caring about the television news game once they leave it. Um, that's true for both of us as well, I guess, although in a very different way. Yeah, look at us. Um, yeah, look right. at us. We're still talking. Look at us. us. Who would have thought? <laughs> uh, well, maybe uh, Don will land a time slot right before Cuomo on News Nation, and they can do their precious back and forth during the toss like they used to. One person out there, I think, is breathing a little easier today about all this. And I think that's Jeff Shell because that's not all we're talking about in media. <laughs> anyway, on that note, Dylan, get back to work. You did break the story about Tucker leaving. Congrats on the scoop. That's the kind of stuff we like to deliver here at Puck.News. Thanks, buddy. Okay, thank you, Peter. Thanks so much for listening to another episode of The Powers That Be. As a reminder, The Powers That Be is the official podcast of Puck. We'd like to thank Ben Landy, Liz Goff, and Alex Bigler for their editorial and production guidance. If you like what you hear, please share with a friend. It really helps us keep delivering the inside scoop that only Puck can offer. Follow us on Twitter at Puck News. I'm Peter Hamby. See you tomorrow.
This has been a presentation of Cadence 13 Studios. Please listen, rate, review, and follow all episodes wherever you get your podcasts. The Powers That Be Daily is executive produced by John Kelly, co-founder of Puck, Chris Corcoran, chief content officer and founding partner of Cadence 13, and produced by Ben Landy, executive editor at Puck. Puck.